Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi, villains, and welcome to For the Love of Pomegranate Podcast. It is a Thursday night. We're here to you to here with you, should I say, to do a preview of Manchester United coming up this Sunday, this Saturday, this Sunday. Sorry, Sunday. Um, Sunday. <laughs> yeah, there's no way that the Premier League would make them play on a Saturday. Um, look, Paddy, we don't even know if this game is going to be on. Who knows what manner of fan protest is going to happen? Whether their fans are going to break into the field again? So we'll just we'll say it's going to be on Sunday because we just don't know what type of uh, what way they're going to they're going to behave. Um, we've <laughs> that's tongue in cheek, but, we, but who knows? Actually, I, I say it's tongue in cheek now, but the world is so upside down at the moment. You never know. But we've just watched Man, uh, Man United play against Roma in the UEFA League, and boy, was that an entertaining second half! Was well, a good second half. Um, wasn't a bad game overall either. Uh, but one one thing it proves is if if a team is up for it, they're there to be got at. Um, I know I know they made a few changes tonight and left out McTominay, who's a really good player. As much as it pains me to admit that, um, and Rashford as well, um, and took their two fullbacks off at halftime, which I thought was a strange thing to do, um, and it instantly uh, backfired on them. They, they they really got at them once the once the second half kicked off, um, got a couple of goals, but I think within three minutes of each other, um, I think the. Cavani second goal then just killed the game altogether. But um strange, strange old toy. Yeah, what what was it? 13 goals in it, I think. Was eight four for finish, eight five for finish, eight four, eight five. Yeah. Yeah. It was eight five actually, because it finished three two two tonight. Yeah. Um but it was it was a really, really strange game. And uh, you know, it did show that look, if they if they can be got at down the wings, and I know that you mentioned they took off their two wingers, but literally there was a 15 minute 
period there in that second half where all mm. Roma had to do was go down the right-hand side and they were putting in pinpoint crosses. And I don't know, Aiden Dzeko was aiming for the, uh, at some, uh, for, for the majority of those because they were just hitting off him. It wasn't even that he had to save them. There was a couple yeah. of ones he had no idea what he was doing and they were hitting the back of his heel and rolling across the goals and everything. He was absolutely blessed tonight. Crazy. Absolutely <laughs> crazy. Um, you know, I, I'm a little bit more optimistic than I was earlier on today. Um, just put your mind back to, there was a couple of games, or the Sheffield United one springs to mind, where Sheffield United turned them over when they, they left out a few players. I, I think we could be in a situation where they're, they're going to leave out players on Sunday. They're going to they're gonna rotate and... For one, I hope it's Cavani because he's just come into an Indian summer and, and he, for me, he hasn't had a great season. I think he's been missing in action a lot of games, but he just have he's having a bit of an Indian summer um, of this season, I should say. So, um, you know, I hope we have a situation where <laughs> the Sheffield United game, um, there was another one as well, Palace drew nil all with them. Mm. Um, there was another, another one, I'm sure. But they're, they're slow starters. They don't seem to get into a game quickly. So maybe if we have a, a, a Man City-style start to the game on Sunday, things could be very different. And that's interesting because it is going to be a battle of styles because we, we commented as well on the on the Everton preview uh, post-game show that, you know, a, a staple of Dean Smith's side is that it's like if they go looking for a goal early. And we've gotten goals early, you know, in in, in lots of games. You know, we we don't need to go to shoot them again. But when we get a goal early, um, you know, we 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 look a better side. We did it against Everton. We've done it against uh, Arsenal, as I said previously. You know, and we we do play. We do look to get an early goal and see what can happen from there. Um, so that'd be interesting if they do start slow. We get an early goal. It will make it interesting. But this is Man United. Man United are our kryptonite. They always have been. Yep. They've won. They've like they're 20, beating us 26 years 26 long years they're undefeated they're, they're undefeated in 36 of their last 38 matches against Aston Villa and all competitions and if I'm not mistaken I think that goes back even as far as the League Cup you know so League Cup in 94 mm. so it's 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 a mental statistic it's absolutely crazy it's like it's, it's like as if there's a blockage there when we just come up against Manchester United. It just doesn't happen, you know. And, yeah. and, and I think you, we all circle uh, games at the start of the season. We all circle games against West Brom. And we circle them against Wolves. Yeah. And we circle against Birmingham if we're ever in the same league as them, you know. But a lot of a lot of team, a lot of um, Villa fans will look at my United and go, Jesus, I would go to the grave happy if we had a good couple of beating good couple of wins yeah. should i say against Man manchester united like if we had a 7-2 against united uh like we had against liverpool god bless the opening of the pubs is all i would say because <laughs> they would make their money that night i don't think i don't think villa fans would come home for a week like it would be like well, their it would be like their their champions league final you know to beat united and give them a good tonking for once that they deserve against aston villa i think mm. would send us all away happy I'll settle for a 1-0, to be honest. <laughs> I know. I'd um, settle for a 1-0. There's been so many times as well over the years, you know, you think of the Carling Cup final in 2010 where we went 1-0 up very early and the coward of a referee that was in charge never sent off uh, Nemanja Vidic. 
could have been completely different. The the awful decisions this season and last season, the penalties that were against us, very very poor refereeing, very very yeah, mm. one sided. Um, it's been that way for a long time too. I, I've been to I've been to games that were torn on their head by refereeing decisions from against Man U many times over the years. And uh, for once, it'd be just nice, you know. I'd I'd love to score a goal that probably shouldn't be disallowed, and just to have a little smug smile on my face on on Sunday evening. Um, you know they they've done it many times. Maybe get a penalty that that wasn't a penalty or shouldn't have been a penalty. But then again, they'll throw it back in our faces for many years to come when they get their dodgy, dodgy decisions. So let's just go out and beat them and beat them fair and square and enjoy it. And that would be a nice way to, to round off this week. Yeah, I wouldn't be hoping too much now, Paddy, for the weekend that VAR will get things wrong, to be honest with you. Well, they won't get them wrong for Aston Villa anyway. It just doesn't happen to go that way. Um, I, If I'm Ollie Watkins, I'm doing as many pirouettes inside the box as I possibly can and, and standing mm. on people's feet and feet and going down like a sack of spuds to get penalties because uh, let's out penalty Man United, I think, this weekend because uh, the battle line's been drawn and, um, you know, Pogba did it the last time. Um, against us, gave out to Luke Shaw. Was it Luke Shaw? I think it was. He gave out to him for not going down not diving, and, and not, not diving for a penalty. And then he dived for a penalty himself. Then afterwards, he dives forward, kicks out at uh, as um Douglas Louise, and then gets a penalty. It was an absolute shocking decision. But let's not live in the past and let's live in what is to come, Paddy, because we've already litigated that um, that game uh, at the start of 2021. Um, you mentioned that they made a couple of changes, Manchester United tonight. I presume we're not going to say we're going to see that that back four lineup again, especially not the one that fin- that finished the game. I think that Eric Bailly isn't going to be there. I don't think, and I think Dean Henderson is probably going to slot back in in goals. Um, which is to be honest with you, it's a fantastic situation for Manchester United taking out our uh, obvious bias. But like to have somebody of the caliber of David de Gea, and I know he's coming back from injury, to have him mm-hmm. on the bench. Uh, but to be able to have Dean Henderson step in there as well is great for them. And, and you know, I wouldn't be too surprised to see David De Gea maybe make a trip to Paris Saint Germain or something this week. This, um, I was gonna say this weekend, don't tell you what's hard now. This summer, yeah, yeah, this summer to you know, to maybe although Keller Navas is is uh is is isn't exactly slowing down either, but it's it's probably a move I think that they will be open to making to recoup some funds. Uh, but then again, is you know Manchester United are a money making juggernaut as well, so maybe they don't need to do that. Where do you think their midfield lies, lines up, Paddy? Because I, I think it's fair to say that it's going to be Lindelof, Maguire, Shaw, and probably Wan Bissaka are going to be their back four. Mm. What way do you think their their midfield lines up for them? Well, like if they revert to type and play McTominay and Fred, the fact they rested McTominay tonight. Mm. You know, you, you got to bear in mind as well that the league will probably be won by the time we kick off. Well, I know they've got to yeah. beat Chelsea, but it could be won by the time we've got to kick off. Um, so is that going to be their sole focus over the next couple of weeks? Probably not. Um, you know, it'd probably be McTominay and Fred um, sitting in behind uh, Rashford, Fernandes and Pogba. And who knows whether it's Greenwood. Martial, I think, is out injured, and yep. it'll you know if um, if Cavani, if they think his legs can carry him for two games in four days, which probably won't happen, in my I opinion. Aston Villa usually does, Paddy. 
Unfortunately. It'll be interesting. Uh, I, I can't see him starting. I think it probably will be Greenwood. Um, just what I have in my head from their previous games, that it's, uh, he will be the preferred option up front and Cavani doesn't play two games so close together. I think you could be right. I think you, I, and I think that they probably do rest Cavani because even though you know, even though the league would be wrapped up, um, I, I, I think, I think United will probably rest players against us, and then they try and play themselves into form against Leicester. Definitely going to play their play against uh, Liverpool. Then they've got an opportunity to rest players against Fulham and Wolverhampton. Then before they play Villarreal, who beat um, Arsenal tonight then in the UEFA Cup final because mm. obviously look that's uh, that's something that they're gonna look at and they're gonna to look to look towards to get some um some silverware for uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. But uh yeah it's gonna be an interesting one. I I that's the choice it doesn't really matter who they drop. I actually nearly I, in a in a strange way I want them to play Cavani up front because once again I think he I think he suits uh Mings and Kanza. They haven't been faced by any big Brutus uh, of a striker this year, but then again, they haven't played many of them, you know, mm. this year either. Uh, if they do kind of play Rashford up front and have a kind of a rotation of Rashford, um, R- Rashford, uh, Greenwood, Bruno Fernandez, um, oh gosh, I can't even think who played on the left wing tonight. Uh, Pogba, I think, was out in the left wing tonight for them, not a good bit. You know, they'll have a bit of a rotation in around there, more or less playing playing with with pace. I'd be a bit more. I'd be a bit more afraid of that than I would if if Cavani was there because even though Cavani got two goals tonight and he's on fire, scoring five in the last four, I think in the European League. But um, I think I would be less afraid if I saw Cavani up there. Obviously, you know, with with the miles in his legs tonight. But we'll see what other going to Solskjaer plays, and um, it's going to be an interesting one because they're going to have firepower up there regardless of um, of what uh, of who they start. I think. Uh, on Sunday, but what way do you think we line up, Paddy? Let's look at the Aston Villa side and see what we, what do we think? Yeah, um, I, I think we'll take it as as a given at this stage that Jack isn't going to play, um, until we hear otherwise. So obviously, we're recording this before we hear what what Dean Smith will say in the morning. Mm. Um, I honestly don't envisage any changes from last week. Did, did we pick up any injuries that I can think of? I don't think we did any additional ones. No, no. Yeah, I, I think, I think it will be uh, more or less the same side that goes out. Um, I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody deserves to drop out of that team. Um, no. from what played last week, they, they were, you know, as we, as we said in the, in the review, they, they all played themselves in the contention and. There, there was very. There was, I don't think there was anybody you could point a finger at and say they didn't have a good game. So, um, for that reason, I would say leave as is and and hope that there's some continuity there and we push on for another good performance. Um, it's funny looking at the table now because we we've got a we've got that game in hand and we've got to play Everton again. So I, I you know, if we if we take a big scalp, there's a really good opportunity for us to finish eight. Yeah, and Jesus, that's, yeah. That could easily see us in that. Bear in mind that, uh, man, you are in the f- f- funny position that we'll pr- we we could be ending up cheering for them in the Europa League final <laughs> to give mm-hmm. to give uh, the Premier League another another slot. 
um, which will push the Conference League down another place. Uh, we could see... Um, I don't think we get another place for the, the Champions League. That doesn't how it works, or doesn't. Um, so, you know, eighth place might be enough to pick up a, a Conference League place. And let's face it, we'd be happy with any kind of European football at this stage. So uh, if it happens, it's great, but it's going to take a scalp. Um, I hope the scalp is at the weekend. Um, if we take if we take one one scalp of when I say a scalp, um, Manu Chelsea Spores would be the scalp, and then go one of those, and then go and beat Everton and uh, Crystal Palace. There's a very very good possibility we'll finish in, in at least eighth place. So it's it's an interesting few weeks ahead. The, the games are coming thick and fast. Um, we'll concentrate on this one the weekend and and hope that they'll. Uh, They'll get something out of it, but you know, I'd really love to see them get three points. And just it just seems the same pain year in year out against Manu. Um, I've been to so many of them over the years, and it's just it's heartbreaking. <laughs> Paddy, in two thousand and nineteen, at the end of the season, how many points did Aston Villa finish at? Two thousand and nineteen. Just got, no, the season just gone. We scraped up oh, last day. So just can't 36? say. 36? 35. 35. How many points did Man United finish at? Oh, 80? No, 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 no. God, no. Man City finished at 81. Oh, yeah, um, no you, we, you, we, we give you that. You confused the, you confused them with Man City. <laughs> Man, Man United start, uh, finished on 66 points. So what I'm getting at there is there was a 31-point gulf at the end of the season between Manchester United and Aston Villa. And I'm absolutely sure if we were to look at this point of the season, it was probably even bigger than that because we did go on our um, on our little spree of point getting yeah. between uh, between right between now essentially and and the end of the season. Mm-hmm. As yeah. of now, we are only ni- we are 19 points behind uh, Manchester United. I think it's I think it's important to highlight the the uh, I suppose the the, the jump that Aston Villa have made in that aspect. And just bear that in mind when we're talking about getting to eighth place. That you know, if, even where we are at the moment is quite good, but obviously we are, we want to finish a small bit higher. Manchester United at the moment being on 67 points, Aston Villa being on 48 points. We win if we were to win at the at the weekend, bringing us up to 51 points. We would leapfrog Arsenal into ninth place and be a point behind Everton, provided that Everton don't win um, or draw, provided Everton lose at the weekend. Everton are playing mm. West Ham. Um, after our game as well, away to West Ham. So that's going to be a humdinger for them too. Yeah. But okay. it's it, it's a really, really interesting kind of, um, uh, it's really in- interesting polarisation that Man United have kind of kept on the same trajectory four games out from the end of the season, and uh, five games out, sorry, should I say, from the end of the season, and they're on roughly the same points already. Even if they win three of those last five games, they will be up, what, 10 points on last season, which would be considered mm. very good for them. If we win, if we win two of our last of, of our last uh, five games, we'd be on fifty five points, which would be a twenty point um, jump for us. But I suppose realistically, what I'm trying to get at here is we're only uh, nineteen points off second place at the moment, which is an absolutely ridiculous thing to think of this time last year, considering that the leaders, Man City, are thirteen points ahead of ahead of second place. You know, yeah. there the, 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 there's fine margins there. Going back to when we talked about Everton, you know, trying to knock on the door of the top four, found have found it perennially 
difficult, should I say, even over the last 20 years to do so, only getting in there once from memory, if I remember rightly. You know, spending money uh, does equate to success. Structured building and uh, and stability. And, and uh, you know, we'll see where we are at the weekend. There's a bit of a tangent that I went down there, uh, Paddy, but uh, I, I just thought it was uh, it was interesting to see the, the different plights that everybody's talking about. Man, City, Man United having a super season this season. Yes, they're roughly on the same trajectory that they were last season, yet they are finishing higher in the league. Um, it's it's just interesting. It's interesting to see trends mm. and patterns like that. Um, Paddy, uh, I did have a question for you, and it's gone completely out of my mind. Um, no, completely forgot about it. Uh, you mentioned there that Man City play Chelsea on Saturday at 5.30, precursor or dress rehearsal for the Champions League final. Paddy, mm. and I read a hilarious piece. I read a hilarious thing on Twitter today, and it said, uh, wouldn't it be some fairy tale if Man City lift the Champions League now? Because this time last year, they had a two-year two ban from it, and this time two weeks ago, they wanted to scrap the entire competition <laughs> for good. It just goes to show what you can achieve with a bit of honest endeavour. That's Manchester City <laughs> for you, isn't it? Yeah, like, you know. <laughs> uh, two teams that didn't want that wanted to scrap it and wanted to leave it oh, less yeah. than two weeks ago in the final and both of them cheering to the rafters. Thomas Tuchel, you could hang clothes off his smile. It was so wide and I don't blame him in the slightest for Chelsea's plight in the Super League and same with Pep Guardiola. But what I will say is that media outlets have gone full on absolute forgotten all about the, e the ESL so quickly and they're all this fairy tale Aguero piece that he said he wouldn't leave Man City until they won the Champions League and now they've got a Champions League final and a mm. lot of a, a lot of media outlets are basically pen penciling them in or even putting it in and Boiro at the moment that Man City wins so I'll definitely be watching that game on Saturday at half five uh, because I think it'll be an interesting precursor I don't think we see anything like the two teams that are going to be out in that final um uh in the showcase later on in the month of it's just start start of june i think is when it is but uh yeah it's going to be an interesting game but the reason i brought it up paddy was because there was an interesting proposal put put forward today by yeah. uh the chiefs at villa park wasn't there yeah it makes uh it makes absolute sense to me if if anyone hasn't heard it the the hierarchy at Aston Villa have offered Villa Park to host the Champions League final. Um, what that means for, for the fans is that they're only, they've only got to travel up or down to Birmingham, depending on who you support. Uh, they'll all be coming up from London. <laughs> um, then you, you, you don't have them leaving the country, which rules out the idea of them possibly bringing back some kind of variant if they mm -hmm. have to travel so there's, there's a lot of um a lot of pluses in it um on the other hand there's a lot of work um for aston villa to to get the stadium up to standard there's a load of new tv gantries that will have to be put in place there'll be a lot more media um what's the word i'm looking for um out the media outlets at the game anyway so they're going to need more media space these things aren't big not a big deal um, the only thing temporary. is, you know, it's halfway, give or take, between the two, two uh, stadia or clubs involved. So 
the, the other question is, did, did he just say, nah, we'll just, we'll just play it in Wembley if we're going to do that. Yeah. And then, then you've got the, you know, there's been a whole lot of, uh, transport and, and accommodation and everything else being booked in, in Istanbul already. So, um, that will probably override what, what Villa are trying to do. But I think it was quite a clever thing for our club to do because, um, Playing a Champions League final at our ground puts our club on the map, European map, I should say, and uh, lets the whole of Europe see our amazing club and our amazing stadium. And uh, you know, there there might be some prospective players over the next couple of years if if we're going to be pushing on and getting into Europe that are suddenly familiar with Aston Villa and its heritage and history. So, for me, it was a it was a good thing to do. It probably won't happen, in my opinion. But I, I think it was a good move. Yeah, I, I, look, you, you miss all the shots you don't take. Isn't that what Wayne Gretzky said? You miss yep. all the shots you don't take. So, like, if you don't ask, you don't get. And, look, I, I think fair play to Aston Villa. If nothing else, it was a bit of PR for the day to, for a day or two. Exactly. And, uh, yeah. God knows a lot of other clubs capitalising on that stuff anyway. So I'm all for it. I'm all for um, for at least making the offer anyway. It just shows, goes to show how sound we are. Uh, you guys might have a potential problem. Here we go. And, of course, Boris will say completely silent on this, and he won't give a shit about people going out, going out of the country, um, I would imagine. But, um, yeah. Most of the UK are vaccinated at this stage. That's that's true. That's yeah. true. That's true. So, um, And, look, I've got no... Uh, there's, there's no bearing on it anyway, you know, as I say. But I'd be surprised if a lot of people travel to Istanbul. I'd be very surprised then. Uh, and if if they travel, but I think the fans themselves wouldn't maybe wouldn't want to travel. I think they want to maybe keep it in the UK themselves. I've seen a couple of Chelsea fans say, mm. "Why not play it at Wembley?" And I think there probably will be some questions asked, maybe in the political spheres with regards to it, because you know there was there's been a lot of conversation around football and politics recently with regards to you know, Marcus Rashford and then on, onwards towards the the Super League. So who knows? Maybe maybe it does become a, a political decision to keep it in um, yep. in the UK. But either way, I think it's going to be a fantastic spectacle. And um and and I think we see look may the best team win. It's going to be. I want Chelsea to win. I don't want too many. I, I'm one of these begrudgers, I'll be honest with you. I Before Chelsea won, I didn't want Chelsea ever to win the Champions League. Now that they've won it, I want them to win a second one because I don't want Man City to win a Champions League. I like being part of a small group of, of, of uh, European Cup winners. And uh, I don't want to add any extra people in, especially not Man City. So that's just I'm, my thinking. I honestly cringe when... That we start singing, have you won a European Cup? It doesn't doesn't resonate with me at all. Um, I, I'm I'm quite happy to see two uh, two Premier League teams battle it out for the top prize in European football. It just makes the league stronger and and more popular. And you know, I know it makes those big teams richer, but we need to push it, push on and be in that bracket with them. Um, on the other hand. It's Man City. I've no great love for them other than my dad's been a Man City fan for as long as I can remember through all the dark days. So for him, I wouldn't mind seeing them uh, seeing them win it. But uh, the sad part is when they when they go back to, to playing football at the Etihad, there'll still be empty seats and that still irks me a little bit. So, um, you know, it's it's a, it, it'll be a bot Champions League. It's yeah, it's same for Chelsea. It's it's just all about the money and the money that they've spent over the last twenty years. 
Um, no signs of that. Uh, an- another team, by the way, who had a, a transfer ban that wasn't completely sought through to the end. So uh, no love, no love for either team, to be honest. Um, other than <laughs> I'm sure my uh, my old old dad would love to see Man City uh, win a Champions League in his lifetime. So for that reason, I I wouldn't mind Man City doing it. That's a fair. That's as fair a reason as anything else. Um, in other news, Aston Villa wise, we had royalty in our high performance uh, center uh, at the weekend. Obviously, well known and well uh, heralded um, Aston Villa fan, uh, Prince William, the the Duke of Cambridge. He's the Duke of Cambridge, isn't he? I'm, I'm not very good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, came to open up our high performance center, and uh, it's great. The, the the great once again talking about great PR. The great PR that comes from that, you know, having part of the royal family, especially being a fan of Aston Villa Football Club, is fantastic. Number one, yeah. and the fact that he wants to be so involved that he openly and actively, um, you know, wants to come up and to, to open up the the high performance center. I think it's great. I think it's nice. It, it puts a good spin on things. Aston Villa wise keeps us in maybe what I would consider maybe media circles that maybe like my my better half sent me on the sent me on a, an Instagram post of it from the, the the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge's Instagram and went, oh look, they were opening up the high performance center. I was there. I probably told you about eight times that he's a Villa fan, you know, but now it only resonates with you and these things like that, you know, like there's there's yeah. a lot of it brings media attention to corners of the media and to corners of of um uh, of society that maybe didn't even know that he was an Aston Villa fan. And that's quite yeah. cool in my book. Absolutely. And it goes back to what I was just saying about the PR that, that's generated around us holding a Champions League final. Mm. Um we have we have to we have to um, broadcast all of these good moments for the club and 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 cherish them. But you, you neglected to say there that the real royalty nearly missed the the, the day out yesterday. Mister Courtney Courtney Hawes was nearly done for speeding and uh, had to tell the the cops that he he was on his way to meet the Duke of Cambridge. So I hope I hope he didn't get a speeding ticket or I hope the the cops were good to him and he didn't get a fine for being late for training either. Courtney Hawes, yeah, as I say, the man, the myth, the legend, our favourite, Courtney Hawes, yeah, yeah, it would have been great. Uh, it was great to see that story, should I say. Um, other things in the news, some two pretty sad pieces, Paddy, just to kind of, and, and, and I don't like finishing on, on, on somber notes, but um, there was two pretty sad sad uh, incidents over uh, during the week. Number one, um. Former villain, I know he was on loan, he didn't make any appearances for Aston Villa, but um, Alan McLaughlin passed away at the age of 54. I uh, was announced he had cancer only very recently. I don't remember exactly when, but it was, God, it was it was, it was after the turn of the year anyway. It was mm. probably, I think, even only in February, very aggressive t- type right, of cancer, yeah. and unfortunately he passed away. But um, there isn't an Irish soccer fan, Irish football fan, that remembers... The, from 1992 onwards, that won't be familiar with Alan McLaughlin. That goal he scored above in Windsor Park against Northern Ireland, beautiful technique, put us through to the World Cup in USA in 1994. And um, that, that was actually that was actually a really good game. Jimmy Quinn scored a belter, if I remember the the first goal that that, that he scored uh, in yeah. that game was was an absolute belter too. But uh, 
Yeah, real throwback game, as I say. One of the first times I ever actually went nuts after seeing a goal scored on TV. I was only seven years of age, just gone seven, actually. And I remember I went 90 to the gallon, running around the, running around the, the sitting room, jumping up on the, on the couch and everything. And, um, yeah, just a very fun, fun memories of that goal. And I remember we used to, there were stickers used to come in boxes of cornflakes at the time. And then next day... Uh, maybe close enough to the next day, I remember two Alan McLaughlin stickers were in the pack that came out of the back of the cornflakes, <laughs> and I was the legend in school because <laughs> I had two Alan McLaughlin stickers. Yeah, so uh, fond memories of the man, and I hope he rests in peace because very, not very nice, very, very young, way too young to go, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I actually I met Alan um 2009 at uh, uh Jesus, I don't know what they call it. It's like an expo in in the NEC in Birmingham, yeah. where where a lot of the coaches of the world come come and speak, and they actually put a, a pitch in the NEC and they they coach people and talk through it. But I went to a lecture that that Alan gave on the philosophy of the penalty kick, which was probably the highlight of the whole thing because I was gripped to to everything he had to say, and I, I actually. Ended up having a chat with him afterwards. He's a really, really lovely guy, and he was probably like, you bear in mind that that's only ten or twelve years ago. To yeah. uh, to see that he's gone age fifty four is incredibly sad. He's been sick for nearly ten years as well. He had a tumor from twenty twelve on, and just as he seemed to get through that, he's hit with the cancer. So, God rest him. Um, I'm reliably informed that he did play one game for Aston Villa in the mm-hmm. Zenith Data Systems Cup. By okay. uh, my my usual stato that I turned to for this information, <laughs> so he told me today that yes, he did play one game in the Zenith Data Systems Cup, but uh, mm. it, it obviously didn't go down or, or register on his Wikipedia page. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. But uh, look, as I say, um, I hope he rests easy and uh, I hope his family finds strength at this time. And and another person as well that's been in the news, and, and I don't want to get into this too much, but with regards to offering an opinion on it, I think our opinions are pretty, it's pretty obvious what our opinions will be, but it's an ongoing case at the moment. Um, and I just think it would be highly, uh, how will I put it, remiss of us not to at least mention it, that yeah. um, the family of Danny and Atkinson, obviously there is a trial going on at the moment, inquest trial, with it, whatever you want to call it. And um, some... I think I think some some I I'm going to call them out of the ordinary um, kind of circumstances are coming out of this uh, of this case at the moment. You, you you'll understand why I'm being very careful with choosing my words because right. obviously it's an ongoing case. It's unlikely that we're going to get picked up by mainstream media on this, but look, it's 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 important to kind of respect the respect the fact that the case is ongoing at the moment. And um, some shocking stuff that is coming out of that case. We'll all be looking at it, and when we talk about, you know, the 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 family of Alan McLaughlin having gaining strength from, um, I suppose, uh, f- from the outpouring of love for him. Hopefully, uh, this answers a few questions for the family of Daniel Atkinson, and and um, and you know, there is is uh, it, it. I suppose whatever we, whatever comes from it uh, comes from it and offers some sort of strength to the family as well. Um, mm-hmm. But it, um, yeah, it's definitely one that 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 I've I've had difficulty in reading some of the core transcripts of it recently yeah. and uh yeah that's, as i that's said to me the over the overriding emotion is everyone everyone is just in a little bit of shock about it at the moment yeah. but we no doubt we'll we, we'll hear some more accounts before the judge hands down his 
his verdict on it. But um, yeah, just utter shock yesterday reading what was said in the mm. court. We'll just have to wait and see how that pans out. But um, yeah, he's in our thoughts. That's that's probably the best thing we can say at this stage. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, there is one more thing, Paddy. So maybe we don't have to finish on a somber note. But there is one more thing. We have an FA Cup uh, semi-final in the under-18s FA Cup or the Utes FA Cup. Uh, it's on next Friday night and it's going to be aired on BT. Uh, really looking forward to that. Really, really, really looking forward to that. We might even do yeah. a team sheet tantrum for it, actually. Why not? Why not do a team sheet? <laughs> Those guys are they're carrying the flag for silverware for Aston Villa today, this year. And they've um, they've been a team that the whole club has gotten on board with. You even see it with the management, the senior players showing up at games left, right and centre. You know, there's you look on Twitter, people are... I think it's been a rip-roaring success, really. The, the Aston Villa Foundation piece where you pay two, two uh, pounds... And you get to watch the games. Um, seems to be really, really good. And I think the the fan base has really latched on to this group. Well, number one, because they're bloody amazing. And number two, because uh, it's it's nice to have a group of potential, um, world, well, I'm going to call them world beaters, but a potential senior stars uh, coming through through the ranks there as well. So really, really looking forward to this game. And uh, it's, uh, as I say, they're... Um, yeah, they they have every chance to go all the way in this FAU Cup. Absolutely, they're, they're you know, and mo- most people watched them last week against Newcastle, and that and that's been the highlight of the season so far. There's some there's there's some players in there that are going to be to the forefront of the of the world's uh, knowledge in a couple of years, and hopefully they'll still be our players when that happens, and hopefully it does happen for them, because you know. Anyone that listens to this podcast knows the two of us have been rabbiting on about them since mm. <laughs> since day one, near enough. Um, you know, and, and it's it's an incredible way that we're set up that our under 18s are so strong. Um, I've actually changed opinion on our under 23s. And I, I, I was of the opinion that I'd rather see them get promoted and see them in the the top division. But they, you know, they're they're doing their best work at under 18s, and the club have already told us that once they come out of there. We should be looking at them in the first team squad, or else they'll be moved on. So, mm-hmm. um, you know that's that's the way they've chose to go about it. But there's there's so many fantastic players in there, and I'm really looking forward to it. And and plus, it's a derby game, which makes it even more exciting. Yeah, we do our best work against West Brom in semi-finals. Just on remember B- that on BT Sport. <laughs> on BT Sport, yeah, yeah, we did, we did him to get to the FA Cup, to, to the senior FA Cup final in 2015, and we did him then in the semi final uh, when Jed Steer stared down Mason Holgate. So <laughs> let's make it a hat trick of West Brom um, defeats of defeating West Brom, should I say, yeah. in semi finals, um, and I think we'd all be absolutely delighted with that. Um, Paddy, I never asked you what you think the score is going to be on Saturday against United. I am going to be optimistic on this one, and I'm going to go for a 2-1 win. Excellent, excellent. I'm going to go with a one-all draw. I'm just going to go. I'm not being pessimistic, but I'm just, uh, I'll let you go for the two, because you stole my 2-1 win. Um, and <laughs> is, I might as well try and get the, might as well try and get the score right as opposed to going for something crazy, like 6-2 Aston Villa. You know, yeah. it's going to be, I, I think it might be one-all we'll draw. Go, I think we'll go after Merley. I think, I think, I think so too. We'll, I think we'll get. I think we'll go two up, and they'll fight back, and they they might nick one. But I think it's time with the group we have, and to catch them off guard, to go and 
get a result against them. There's no reason why we can't. If we play like we did last week against Everton, I think we can we can nick something out of this. Yeah, yeah. Get down the flanks like we saw tonight. Get down the flanks. Even bring in Keenan Davis if needs be. Start him up there because they they struggle to deal with Jekko when he when he just stayed central um, and yeah. wasn't moving around as much. And I said it. Excuse me. I said it at the start of the season. I said if I was to bring in any striker at the moment to complain Dean Smith's system, it would be Eden Jekko. And even at 35, 36 years of age, if if Roma were to were to maybe um, let him loose at the end of the season, God, I'd still have a look at him because the movement he does in that penalty area is just unbelievable. Like it's yeah, it's incredible. just incredible stuff incredible mm. stuff but anyway anyway this isn't the transfer podcast and certainly not a transfer podcast about 36 year old strikers um <laughs> <laughs> anyway i think that's going to do it for us tonight uh thanks again everybody for listening we've had uh we've had quite quite a lot of, of new subscribers on our youtube channel haven't had anything up there uh just recently but we will be back on sunday um patty what time is kickoff on sunday i had it there a it's moment five past two you know, Five past two. So that means yeah, five past two. That means we will be live from ten minutes to one o'clock uh, for the team sheet tantrum. That is ten minutes to one o'clock. That is twelve fifty. If you're looking at your analog watch or your digital watch, <laughs> the normal hands on the the watch the watch will go like this. For those of you, you that don't know how to tell time, um, and if you're not watching the YouTube version of this, well, that's your own fault. Um, but it would be 10 minutes to one is when we go live with our team sheet tantrum. And we would be delighted to have everybody there. As I say, last time we got up to 70, 80, 80 people on the actual live, the live stream when we were doing it. And we will, as I say, it will be live on YouTube and on um, and on Twitter. We would love to get that over 100. I don't know why. It just seems to be a personal goal <laughs> of mine. I, it would be absolutely delighted. So spread it near and spread it far. Join us. We'd be delighted. We'll read out any of your questions and we'll have a bit of banter with you guys as well. And you can always say that you were on the team sheet tantrum when Villa went out and beat Man United 6-2. Um, you can always say that's where you were. <laughs> Remember the time we were locked down? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, I was on the team sheet tantrum with, with Neil and Paddy. Remember they used to do a podcast? I wonder where they are now. Yeah, you'll be able to tell your kids uh, in, in years to come that story. Uh, but anyway, thanks ever, ever so much, everybody, for listening. I'm rambling because I'm literally sitting at this computer since quarter past seven this morning, and it's it's coming up at 11, 11 p.m. tonight, so I'm not making much sense uh, as it is. But you can catch Paddy on at Villa Paddy. You can catch me on at Love McGrath Pod. Here is to breaking a very, very big hoodoo against uh, Manchester United at the weekend. As I say, 36 out of the last 38 encounters between Man United and Aston Villa have ended with Man United avoiding defeat. So let's change that at the weekend. And all that's left to say is up the Villa. Up the Villa. Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.